Progressive Learning Podcast, produced by A Jesus Church College. Join hosts Richard Tamburo and Molly Inman as they chat with other faculty and guests about church, the Bible, theology, and learning the way of Jesus here in Portland. Hi everyone, welcome to the House of Learning podcast. It's Richard and Ryan here. Hello. Doing a little, um, well I say summertime intro. It's kind of dull outside. Early, mm. <laughs> the premonition of summer is with us. <sighs> and uh, yeah, we're doing a little extra intro because we are actually taking June to release some really, well we wanted to talk about some really important topics, but we've had some great conversations in the past and uh ryan was on vacation uh has a lot going on i'm about to have a bunch of time off because i need to remodel my bathrooms <laughs> pray for the tambora household that it's not underwater uh there's a lot going on so with like okay let's re-release some of these things because there's a kind of trajectory in these right and so yeah. so what what do we pick and why did it float to the surface that's our little now we can't spend an entire podcast answering that question yep. which i know you are going to be prone to do yes um well yeah so we're re-releasing some uh older conversations on uh, one on baptism we've got uh two on communion more broadly and then we've got a nice nerdy uh conversation uh on the communion elements where yes. you get to hear a, a bible nerd a theology nerd and a philosopher uh, oh, I don't get to be a nerd. What's well, up with that? Sorry, a philosophy nerd. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> philosophers, I guess yeah, I just Because otherwise it would be like a theologian, a philosopher, and a bibliologer. Like, what's, yeah, well, what's yeah, the noun for a biblical studies? I guess I just think of philosophers as just definitely nerds. Yeah, okay. So I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> but a philosophy nerd yeah. uh, get to have um, a disagreement about the nature of the elements and, and things like that. And it was, yeah. it was a fun... Was a Maybe fun in one. the future that we was should actually go a fun two. one for a lot of reasons. You'll, you'll uh, one. It started from a Facebook post, I think. It's oh, that's right. It was I at remember. the beginning of COVID, and uh, Amber and I, my wife, uh, we were recording at home because of COVID, and uh, we our um, landscapers came by that day and started. Uh, doing some landscaping oh, yeah, right I outside remember. our window because I could see you guys on Zoom and yep. you were like being chased around video. the house by the noise. So like we, whichever room you we went moved in. from the couch, I think, <laughs> to the bathroom, and then they went to the backyard where the bathroom's window is at, and so then we had to move back into the living room. Yes. So that was a fun one. There's... And uh, the first ones in this little mini series are from a while ago when Daniel Golder was around, mm. who I've seen recently. If you're wondering, he's doing well in Sherwood, doing awesome. Um, and yeah, so it sort of uh, turned back the clock a little bit as well. Yeah. But yeah, these are important topics. Like we do comedian every single week, mm-hmm. and yeah, we realised like we haven't talked about not on the podcast for I mean, what did you say? A couple of years? Yeah, yeah, wow, right? Uh, yeah, I think the first three yeah. were 2019. Yeah, so a long time ago. Yeah. And so yeah, this is it is like uh, these are topics. I think there's such a richness in baptism and communion, amongst other things. Yeah. But 
I think of all the areas of church life where I'm often talking to Christians and feeling like, oh man, like I feel like I've had the opportunity to explore this richness, but we don't often talk about it in a way that other people encounter the richness. So it can be like, oh, it's a thing we do. Yeah, I guess it's grown normal, but I'm not really sure why. So hopefully over this month, yeah, you'll end up in July being like, oh man, communion's <laughs> the best. Like I'm loving it. And yeah. just, yeah, it'll really enrich things for you. And next time there's baptisms, whether you're yes. getting baptized or watching a baptism, that again, there'll be like an enrichment yeah. of an appreciation. And another good reason why to re-release the baptisms is because we can do baptisms again. That's right. Yes. It's so exciting. I it love is. baptisms. I know. I love it. It brings tears to my eyes every yeah, time. It does. Okay. Yeah. So over to the podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. It's Richard here, the pastor of House of Learning, and I have got with me... I'm Daniel. I'm the associate pastor of House of Learning. And I'm Molly, and I'm on staff here with House of Learning. And just to give you guys a heads up, we are recording this during the 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. <laughs> Our first so, podcast recorded before 9 a.m. Yeah. If this doesn't make much sense, you know why. You know why. So we got a, a couple of things to announce, actually. Um, so, Daniel, in John, we've been looking at eternal life and loads of stuff to do with the kingdom of God. Yeah. But on Sundays, there's a, just a whole raft of stuff to do with this we haven't had time to get into. So you're yeah. going to do a class on that. So when's yeah. that happening? I'm teaching a class on the kingdom of God. Uh, starting on February 27th, that's a Wednesday night from six to nine, and it's going to go for three weeks. And it's kind of a very, I mean, if this was a college course, it'd be an introductory level study on the kingdom of God. Uh, because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you couldn't tell from my voice, this is before 9 a.m. Uh, <laughs> because uh, there is no topic that Jesus talked more about than the kingdom of God. And it's something that's really hard to define because even the Bible talks about it in so many different ways. So the really, really the only way to have a meaningful conversation about the kingdom of God is to spend some significant time in it, learning about it, growing in it together mm. uh, because it has so many facets and aspects. So that's coming up on Wednesday nights, starting Wednesday February nights. 27th. Cool. One to look out for. And then the week before that, we have um, a course starting for marriages and families and parenting. Uh, we've got the Intentional Families Conference coming up, but we're also doing something as Westside, for Westside. Um, we're going to be looking at what the Bible says. We're going to be looking at loads of practical stuff, loads of skills, all those things that we're kind of sat there thinking, we're still learning stuff about marriage and parenting. And we're like, man, I, I wish someone had told me this earlier. Mm. or sat me down and had a conversation about this. So we want to have those conversations with as a church. And so it's built around four meals together. Um, I, I think this podcast is going to go out after the first meal. So if you're hearing about it right now, sorry about that. It's okay. Join in late. You can still catch up and participate in that. And you can sign up for both of these on the website. Yep. Uh, they're both going to be on the events page and under the learning page on House of Learning. Cool. So last week we started talking about communion. Yep. We talked about tons of stuff and said there's tons more to talk about. So yeah. that's our job today is to remember what we said last week and try and figure out what we wanted to say this week. I actually have it written down. <laughs> so I let's do a quick recap. Like what what were some of the like main things we talked about last week for talking about communion? We did cover uh, just very simply the different 
names for communion, Eucharist, communion, gathering around the table, which is the language we use, and all of them kind of, their meaning contributing to an element of what communion represents. Right. I remember we talked a bit about the Exodus and Passover Mm -hmm. and how Jesus was taking a Passover meal and reinstituting it with some new symbolism where instead of connecting to the Passover at the time of the Exodus, it would now connect to him and his death and resurrection. Yeah. And we also talked about what remembering Jesus is not just remembering what he did on the cross, but we're mm-hmm. remembering the, the person of Jesus, what he did yeah. 2,000 years ago, what he did last week, what he's doing today, and not just remembering, but looking forward and what does communion point to yeah. in the future. Yeah. An anticipation of the kingdom to yeah. come. Yeah. And we talked about a particular kind of remembering as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about how the missionar said that in the Passover, these disciples sat in the upper room would have been thinking, we're not just having a kind of, I don't know, like put a put a pin or a badge on your coat, like, oh, don't don't forget about this cause. Yeah. But it was actually to, to sort of make those events present to themselves. Yeah. Like act it out as if they're the people being rescued, as if it's happening to them. And they're kind of, it's, it's a tool to help them interact with this spiritual reality. Yeah. So maybe that's a good place for us to start. So, um, you know, what's different when we're sat in church and, you know, we get to the end of the gathering and we have communion to sort of, praying or saying yes to jesus or worshiping or like all these things that are wrapped up in that moment like how's that different to i don't know like praying and worshiping during the first song or at home in our community group or like praying in the morning when we read our bible like what's what's different about communion one of the main things in my mind that's different is the fact that we're doing it together um we and and there are other things we do together like the first worship song or whatever but um I think that's what really makes it special. And the reason why it's called communion, we're in community, we're communing Mm -hmm. together as we're approaching the table, as we're taking the bread and the cup. And that's one of the central aspects of communion, as you see it in the scripture, everywhere it's done, even in in Corinth where it's being done really, really poorly, they're still doing it together. Yeah. And like that unity, I mean, I've got my Bible open to that, first corinthians so in first corinthians uh, first corinthians 11 paul kind of berates the church mm-hmm. because of their disunity um and he says you know when you when you come together when you gather it's not for the better but it's for the worse when Ouch. you come together as a church i hear there are divisions among you and in part i believe it because there's factions and you know cliques and problems uh, and then and then he goes on and talks about, you know, when they and, and the phrase he has in Corinthians is take the Lord's Supper, that this communion thing come to the table. Um, you know, basically, it's just pulling those divisions to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so there does seem to be something about about this meal where it's supposed to be like leveling the playing field. Yep. Like as we t- as we hold the bread and the cup and we like look to our left, look to our right all in the same story, all in the same boat. Yeah. All have the same shared identity in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, there's something that just we're interacting with something that actually is the thing that binds us together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the they're in Luke 22, uh, as Luke is explaining this, this Last Supper, I love that 
in between the Passover meal and, and what Jesus invites us in, into is a dispute that arises between the disciples and they're arguing which one is considered the greatest. And Jesus just diffuses that argument and, is, and says, you are equal at my table and in my kingdom, there is no greater than or less than. And so Jesus himself is extending that invitation to all of us as we gather together. There is no greater than or less than, which is something we talked a little bit about last week, but can be significant and powerful for those who are feeling less than in in church to say, no, we are on an, a, a level playing field. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in this together, too. I mean, yeah. that that passage that Richard was just referencing keeps going and says in verse 21 of First uh, Corinthians 11, for an eating, each one goes ahead with his own meal. One goes hungry, another gets drunk. What, do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise, or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? Mm. I mean, that's the charge here is, listen, you can go have a meal, you can go get drunk at home on your own time. Why are you uh, not giving weight and credence to this time, this meal together as a family. And I yeah. think actually this is an area where churches like ours who take communion every week have to really be careful is because we come and take it every week, it be- can become something really rote and thoughtless mm-hmm. and cheap, which is the opposite of what we right. want communion to be. Yeah. I mean, you often see, not just at Westside in lots of churches, like if it's the end of the service, end of the gathering, and it's communion time, there's a lot of people that walk out like, oh, you know, this isn't really important. Yep. I'll, I'll just check out now. I can, like, avoid the queue to get out the car park. My favorite is the uh, communion to go people. <laughs> the, let me grab this on my way out the door. Yeah. <laughs> just take it by myself in the parking lot. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then the, you completely miss out on the fact that we're doing something together. Yeah as a community that's really important yeah and it's weighty it's yeah. it's really weighty yeah. i mean you can you can eat crackers and juice anytime during the week if that's what you're in it for then mm. yeah but the point is that we're here and we're doing it together there's yeah. a distinction in communion it's not just like another meal but there's there's weightiness there's yeah. significance mm-hmm. and, and and there's something about um economic disparity that's being brought up here in first Corinthians of mm-hmm. this is this yeah. is the, the leveling of the playing field that you were talking about. You know, one person shouldn't be going hungry during communion. I mean, clearly this was way much more of a meal than we a cracker. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it just seems that there's, there, there's a, everyone is equal coming to the table here mm-hmm. and not just equal, but together being yeah. equal. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's something to highlight. Like this is different to another meal. Yeah. Because that's another way we might be confused. Because, yeah, we have like this tiny crumb of Matzos cracker and this, you know, tiny mm-hmm. little bit of grape juice. Um, but yeah, in Corinth, at least, and for most of the early church, it was a meal. Yeah. Like, it was you bread know, and you, you wine. You went away and feeling mm-hmm. full. Yeah. But it was clearly different to just one of your like, you know, standard meals of the day. It was different to lunch, dinner, you know, all of these things. Because Paul says, like, hey, if. The thing you're trying to do is just feed your body, yeah, just the way you normally. I just want to get some fuel in the yeah. tank. Do that at home. Yeah, this is different to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we might feel like communion is just like, you know, how is it, how is it different to just like saying grace when mm. we eat? Yeah, just like oh yeah, we're we're eating some food. Let's thank Jesus. Let's remember Jesus. Yeah, yeah. A- and then it just becomes like a tag on, where 
yeah, maybe something about food is provoking us to think in our mind, like, oh, yeah, i got to not forget Jesus. Yeah. But it's kind of devoid of all its symbolism and richness then. And there's something we're missing out on. And then I would totally get why you were just like, well, I guess this is important. People do it every week. I'll just grab someone, take it on the way out. Yeah. Like eating's it, eating, it's important, but I don't really understand why. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I'm just going to do why, this. Why bother? My favorite uh, communion story ever is, uh, for those of you who don't know, I grew up overseas in Albania. My parents were missionaries there, Eastern Europe. And I was maybe 10 or 12 this one Sunday. And the way we used to do communion was uh, the elders would go to the front of the of the room and they would hold a glass of wine. You know, there are different stations. And, uh, and you would walk up and, you know, uh, the elder or his wife would have um, either the wine or the bread and you'd rip off a hunk of bread and dip it in the wine, the glass of wine and then take, you know, uh, uh, take communion. Uh, but after the gathering one Sunday, there was this kid and I'm changing his name for security reasons. Not really, but uh, let's just call him Albi. And Albi was this like, he was probably eight or nine or something. And just the most confident eight or nine year old you've ever met. And afterwards he walked up to the communion table grabbed the glass of wine and i said albi you, do you know what that is he goes yeah wine and glug 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 glug, glug <laughs> and drains it in one hit <laughs> and i've never forgotten that every wow. time we talk about communion i think about little albi yeah wow so let, let's talk a bit about you know if it's special and important and there's all this symbolism there's some like when we pick up from the table the bread and the cup like when we hold it in our hands and pray together, when we drink it, something's supposed to be happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the the bread and the cup and like what's happening through these stages. And I, I, this is one where I like at Westside for practical reasons we have to have everyone come up and we can't just walk up and down rows. We don't have the space. We would need like yeah. four hundred ushers yeah. every week to do it. But I actually love some churches where actually it begins with. You don't you don't take the bread and the cup, mm. but actually you it's receive it. Given. And someone puts it into your hand and as they put the bread in your hand, they say the body of Christ broken for you. Yeah. Or some form of yeah. liturgy like that. And then they give you the cup and say, you know, the blood of Christ shed for you. Yeah. And um I think that's one of the really in important parts of the symbolism. Like we hold in our hand something that symbolizes Jesus's body that was broken yes and his blood that was shed yes. for us yes and and when i say for us i don't just mean like i'm holding it and like oh this was broken and, and shed for me but actually for us like and this all community. the people in this room all the people here with me and and there's this sense of like a tangible gift giving going yeah. on and like i'm actually reaching out my hand and and picking something up and like yeah this is given like to me and mm. and when i understand that what these uh symbolize mm -hmm. like I'm, I'm picking up i'm receiving something of immense importance of yeah. immense significance to the whole of creation to my life my story my sin my identity yeah. and just reminding myself again like man i can just receive this for free yeah and something else that's beautiful that's happening in that moment is the tangible presence of jesus as we're holding these beautifully historically uh, just powerfully symbolic elements in our hands. Jesus is with us. Mm. Obviously, he's with us when two or three or more gathered, but 
that that there's 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 moments in time when the veil between you know the heavenly space and the physical space grows really thin yeah. and that is one of those places that it's it's almost a travesty to skip by it every week and not to pause and reflect and 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 commune with Jesus as we're remembering him mm-hmm. he's alive and present and with us yeah. in those moments yeah now that's a really important question right because here's where a lot of the debate about communion is is Jesus present to us in a different way in communion to the way he's present to us all the rest of the time because he is Jesus is present everywhere like David yeah. In the psalm says, you know, like, where could I go from your presence? I could descend to the bottom of Sheol. I could descend to the heights of heaven. Like, yeah, God's everywhere. Yeah. And so, in a in a sense, he's, you know, he's everywhere and can be encountered, and can be interacted with. But what's different about communion? Because if if it's not different in any way, then why do it? Why bother with the elements? Yeah. Why don't we just like sit there at the end of the gathering and pray? Hey, why why even go to the gathering? Why not just go fishing? Yeah. It's Sunday. It's beautiful outside. Let's go fishing. Yeah. Yeah. So this makes me think about like how God likes to manifest Himself mm. for us to encounter Him. Yes. And so, in in some way, you know, God is spirit, and He can just manifest Himself. He can like connect with our heart, with our mind, with our soul, um, and and He can do that anytime, anywhere. And yet, there seems to be something special about where God's fingerprints are seen. Mm. that that helps us make that connection. It becomes a conduit through which we can appreciate that connection we have with God, where we can hear his voice yes. in a little bit of a richer, clearer way. And, and some of this is just like, you know, God, the, the heavens declare God's glory. All of creation sure. displays who he is. So sure. you might see an amazing, like, sunset. Um, well, I guess it would be a sunrise where we are behind Mount Hood. Yeah. But, you know, mm. it's something like that. And, and you can kind of just feel... Like man, I I just want to pray. I want to worship, or yeah. or the something I, that's been I've been wrestling with, something I've been praying about that kind of snaps into focus. Mm. Like the presence of God snaps into focus in a way that helps me interact with it. Yeah. But but sometimes it's not stuff in creation. Like I think of the children of Israel and the bronze serpent. Sure. And so if you if you remember this story back in the Old Testament, there was a plague. Israelites have been naughty. That's Just a great way to put the, it. The story of the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah. God rescues yeah. the Israelites. The Israelites are naughty. God whacks them. They turn to God and repeat. It starts all over again. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> but they they'd been they'd been naughty, and uh, and, and they he- to to help focus the people on what they needed to turn their attention to to be healed. They actually put a bronze serpent on a big stick and held it up, and everyone who looked at it, and and that looked is an interesting like there was this little spark of faith yeah. that kind of caught into a fire because God was manifesting himself in a, in a tangible, symbolic way yeah. to help people interact with. And this happens over and over and over again throughout Scripture. It's like richly woven into the theology yeah. of the Bible. Mm. I think one of the ways that communion particularly manifests the presence of God in a unique way is that this is what our Lord is instituted for Mm -hmm. his people to do Mm. this is this is he's you know this is right before his his death on the cross he's sitting around with his closest followers saying this is what we do yeah this is how we remember Mm -hmm. do this in remembrance of me Mm -hmm. and now we carry it on two thousand years later 
all over the world, Christians, weekly, monthly, whatever, do this. And I, I mean, I know we already talked about community, but one of the main ways that this is vitally important is he's given it to the church to do together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember, I might be out on a mountain enjoying a sunset and, and you know, be overwhelmed by God's creation, the presence of God. And that's beautiful and amazing. But that's not what he's given the church to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the timing of it is really important. Like Jesus did institute this as the Last Supper before he went out to Gethsemane and, and was killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, if if we hold in our hand the bread and we're kind of receiving like uh, it's helping us interact with the reality. Like, oh, my goodness. Like Jesus's body, like he he wept, he was scourged, he he bled. Yeah. He was broken mm-hmm. for me. And and when I put it in my mouth and receive like this is a part of who I am. Like this is me. This is for me. Mm-hmm. Like all of these realities are things we actually get to act out. Like we're performing something to help us realize the reality of it. When we, and when we take the blood, like man, this is like his life was given to give me life. Mm. I'm actually going to drink this yeah you know like this this is for me um it's kind of amazing to to think of there's a richness to this that goes beyond looking at a sunset or yeah. looking at a bronze serpent right yeah. yeah and especially because of the timing you know it, again like jesus's disciples understood that this passover meal thing that was happening with the last supper was about them taking an event not just like oh yeah it's somewhere out there but that happened in history and making ourselves present to it. And so when I've got the bread and the cup in my hand, I'm not just thinking, oh yeah, Jesus loves me. I'm not using it to sort of think about what I've just heard in the sermon, or man, God really just encouraged my heart when we sang that song. But I'm actually thinking about an upper room and the fact that, you know, I as fickle as all the rest of the disciples, you know, uh, that would deny him in a minute yeah was someone that jesus died for yeah and you know i can kind of picture myself walking through the events of just realizing i'm nothing i got nothing to bring to the table and yet jesus loves me and rescues me yeah i stand at the foot of the cross mm-hmm. and watch him die yeah but not only not only the cross part i arrive at an empty tomb and yeah. it's empty i see him on the shore of galilee cooking me breakfast yeah. you know like all of these events are to do with with me yeah. um and they've they've changed the whole of creation story and the whole of my story and i love that perspective shift yeah. i think that's why jesus wanted us to do this regularly because it's so easy for our perspective to drift mm-hmm. and for our story to drift you know right you know it's you you know, Sunday, you have a good Sunday. Monday, you kind of, like, you can be doing pretty well. But come Wednesday, Thursday, you can just, like, think your story is about helping your kids survive, do their homework. Sure. Pay yeah. the mortgage. Make it know, a couple like, more yeah. days Th- of the those weekend. Those are the important markers yeah. that define my story. Sure. And you become the main character of your story throughout yeah. the week. So to be called back into a story outside of yourself that you belong into but are not the main character of is so vitally important to our apprenticeship to Jesus. Yeah, I uh, one of the verses that comes to mind is actually in uh, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Um, And it's kind of verse eight through verse 11, but I'm going to skip through the couple 
uh, parts of verse eight. It says, we are always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested Mm -hmm. in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And he goes on, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Mm -hmm. And it's this beautiful picture of as we're carrying around the death of Jesus, as we're taking the elements, as we're remembering his sacrifice on the cross, this is, is all for a purpose mm-hmm. and that's life. Yeah. yeah. And that's life today. That's yeah. real life today. Mm-hmm. True life. Do when Jesus came and said, I came that you might have life and that life to the full. It's meaningful. Yeah. It's full life. It's beautiful life that we are participating in every single time we yeah. come to the yeah. table. And and we need that. Like Paul says, you know, when we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death. Yes. And like, man, do I need that refreshing proclamation? Yeah. That actually, this is about the fact that Jesus died and rose. Yes. And is coming again. Yes. Like it just centers me in the story. And man, you can be having a tough week. Yeah. And if someone comes up to you, grabs you by the shoulders, looks you in the eye, and says, You have victory. Yeah. Death is not the king of you anymore. Sin is not the king of you anymore. Jesus is your king. Man, I'm I'm not like I'm going to walk into facing my trials, my problems, my week a different way. That's going to spark some hope because I'm going to realize who I really am. And communion is that point in our week when we're having that kind of interaction with each other and with Jesus. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Okay. So what about, I mean, have any of us done communion when it's not been Sunday gathering at Westside? Yes. Right. So tell us, like, give us some examples, times you've done communion. Well, I haven't gone to Westside my whole life. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, done communion. You mean outside of a Sunday I mean gathering? Like a different context. Yeah, like outside of that Sunday gathering. Um, I actually, when, the, when we first started doing house churches here at Westside, back when it was Solid Rock, uh, we, part of the house church deal was you would get the elements uh, yeah. and you would take it every week together in your house churches, in our community groups. Uh, so that was outside the context of a Sunday. That's but cool. also that was when all our house churches were basically modeled exactly after a Sunday. There was someone right. playing the guitar, singing a song. Mm-hmm. Someone gave like a th- like a full on 30 to 40 minute well, message. Uh, and then we did community. It was just so a was repeat like, midweek. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Molly? Yeah, I mean, outside of the Catholic church upbringing, I've had a similar experience of taking communion in more of a a community type setting. And I don't think that there is anything wrong with that. But if we're, we need to just remember the significance, the importance, the distinction of communion as not just. We're hanging out and having a meal. We're hanging out, having a meal. Oh, we should throw in some crackers and some grape juice. No, it still carries the same weight, even if it's not done on a Sunday. So just kind of keeping that in mind is, is. That yeah. important. You're talking about community in different contexts. It reminds me of a comic I read years ago. And it was someone talking to the youth pastor about how the parents weren't pleased uh, that he had done communion with Fritos and Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, good luck looking up that comic this yeah. week. I'm trying to put it in the in the podcast notes. In the notes. Yeah, I mean, I, I've Pepsi. done it. Um, you know, I've done it as a as a family at home. 
We've done it as a community group. Um, I've done it on retreats with like groups of students. Mm-hmm. Sure. Done it in loads of different contexts. Actually, I, I remember one beautiful time um, was uh, we were on a retreat and Jesus was just powerfully redeeming people's stories. Beautiful. Like with young people who are just, that penny is dropping mm. about who Jesus made them to be. And there's this moment of just like stepping into that like repenting, yeah. grab it, laying a hold of Jesus and stepping into it. And we did communion. It's like one of the most powerful communion times ever. But mm-hmm. I, I guess, the, you know, it, if, you know, I can't, I'm imagining you might be at home listening, thinking, wow, communion sounds awesome. Like uh, now I understand it a bit better. I, I want to like embrace this and do it more. Yeah. And then I, I think about times when, like other times when it could be appropriate. Because it's not just on a Sunday. Yeah. And you see this in the New Testament. I mean, you mentioned last week, you know, on the road to Emmaus, there's a couple of people. Jesus is like, oh, let's have dinner. And, you know, <laughs> there's just the three of them. Yeah. And, yeah, he breaks bread. And he, he breaks bread in a way that draws them into this reality and this symbolism. Yeah, that's the moment they recognize yeah. him for who he yeah. is. And And sometimes it was like the whole church in the city. Sometimes it was smaller groups. So there's nothing about this communal doing it together thing that means it has to be the whole church on a Sunday. Yeah. And as the former resident, I'll be in the room, using real wine is okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And I think for a Jew in the first century, yeah. the kind of bread it was and the kind of wine it was, yeah, there was some weight of like mm-hmm. the symbolism of the Passover carried forward. So, you know, if, if they'd have done it with Pepsi and you know, a can of Pringles, <laughs> sure. it yeah. would have been kind of weird for them. A yeah, but for us, we actually, in our culture, we, we can kind of take what Jesus has instituted and figure out how we're going to embrace that symbolism. Yeah. Right. Um, like I, I always find it a bit weird that we use the little Matzos crackers. It's because they're gluten-free. Because yes, they're gluten-free. The but I actually, I, I actually like the whole getting a big crusty loaf of bread and totally like agree breaking, breaking it, it off yeah you know, all this just there's some storytelling yeah that you can do i there. think if we had to rank communion communions <laughs> which i don't know if this is i don't know if you know if this is appropriate but Let's i think there, peak okay. of the list is hunk of bread breaking off a crispy loaf dipped, uh, in. dipped in a glass of wine that's that's the peak i actually me. like both set i like the bread and the cup separate I like being really? able to think through the, oh, the body the ramifications. being broken and the blood being shared and the ramifications mm-hmm. a little, a little mm. separately a sometimes. Yeah, and I guess part of that comes down to we don't have to do it absolutely identically every time. Exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it is. It's something that although we're like anchoring ourselves in something to, that should be, there's a constancy to it. There's also just like different aspects of it each time. Like we're never going to sit there, take communion together and really interact with all of the richness of everything that's going on. Yeah. Right. There's going to be like some aspect of it that depending on where we're at and what God wants to do with us, mm-hmm. something could come alive. Yeah. But probably not everything. Yeah. And that's okay because we yeah. do it every week. That's so it. there can be different flavors or aspects or emphases that we can step into mm-hmm. each time. Totally. All right. Well, that's our 30 minutes, give or take. So I hope you guys at home are now going to go take communion with someone yeah. and figure out how to step into that. And that it just becomes a bit more meaningful for you on a Sunday. Absolutely. All Thanks right. for listening. Catch you next time. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the House of Learning podcast. 
This podcast is produced by A Jesus Church College, based at Westside A Jesus Church in Portland, Oregon. AJC College trains and mobilizes the next generation of kingdom leaders through an accredited four-year degree in biblical studies with an emphasis on leadership and formation. We combine classroom learning with mentoring and ministry apprenticeship for a third of the cost of traditional college. To find out more, go to ajccollege.org or follow us on Instagram to find out if this is where God could be calling you to explore your calling. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share it with someone. And if you have a question you'd like us to chat about, please let us know. You can email us at podcast at ajccollege.org. If you can, send us a 20-second audio recording saying who you are and where you're from, along with your question, and we'd love to include it in a future episode.